Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday, January 13th. This is episode 161 of Elijah Fire. You know, I say it a lot, but I keep seeing those numbers creep up, the episode numbers. And, you know, when we said episode 100, I was like, it's going to be months before we had episode 200 and then we went to five days a week and now it's just like light speed. So very excited to hit the milestone of 200 episodes just because, but I'm also excited about today's episode. Um, you know, we started again this week, our first episodes of 2023 and they've been absolutely dynamite. Uh, and I'm just excited guys. I, you know, I, I've been giddy. I was telling Steve today, I've been giddy like ever since I would say the last couple of weeks of December, last probably last two weeks of December, and then all of January so far, I've just been giddy. And um, I'm just excited about what God is doing, what he's going to be doing. Um, so uh, guys, I've been wanting this guest on for a while. You know, sometimes you just watch people and you're like, I, I'm, I, I'm feeling a yes, but you know, scheduling time, all that stuff. And then Steve actually wrote me um, and he was like, Hey, this guest, she's legit. She didn't say legit. I did, <laughs> but he said it in so many words. Um, and so that was just a total, total confirmation. I was like, all right, we got it. We got a booker. Cause we'd been talking illumination. I've been talking about it for a while. And, and so I'm very excited to introduce you guys to, she's a minister. She's an author. She's also a, a very, very talented filmmaker. Uh, so guys, let's give it up for my guest today, Rebecca Friedlander. Hello, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. What a gift. It's yeah, yeah, fun. yeah. I'm very, very excited. So, okay, Rebecca, obviously we've published you on the Elijah list. I think once, twice, a couple times, handful of times. Um, but why don't you go ahead and introduce people to yourself and take as much time as you want because you've done a lot and you're doing a lot. So go for it. Yeah. So my name is Rebecca Friedlander, and I'm a full-time creative minister. So that means that I have a passion to share about Jesus and really go deep with Holy Spirit. And one of the ways I communicate that is through the creative arts. Mm. So I've done everything from write books. I'm a published author. I've self-published books. I'm a filmmaker. I do all my own camera work. I've traveled around the world doing things like 50 makeovers with women around the world, capturing their testimonies and doing before and after makeover photo shoots to help tell their testimony. And that became a show called Radical Makeovers. And then I love the Celtic nations and the Dark Ages revivals that happened in Ireland, Scotland, England and Wales. And so um, I'm just coming out with my third film about the move of God that happened in the Dark Ages. So I spent a lot of time in Ireland. Scotland, England, and, and now Wales documenting some of that. So yeah, so I just, I teach, I lead a prophetic group here in East Texas, um, live in a cabin and in the woods. You <laughs> forage. I saw a video, you forage oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, learning. Yeah. yeah. Just, I've been living in California for a while. So then holster, my dad passed away and left me this cabin. So mm. here I am. Yeah. And then you built an extension to it right or it's yeah. like a separate one that's out but it's on the same land right yeah so i got real inspired being in ireland because they had all these practices of the early celtic saints and these monks and the saints and scholars you know and and they would do these things where they would set up prayer communities so they would have like their main place where everyone would come and pray and then they would have the place that was a little more far out in the wilderness and people would go there and spend time with god and have all these heavenly encounters and so i thought well we could do that here because i've got my big cabin you know we're doing spiritual retreats and have people come once a week and we just you know we have this whole prophetic team and just amazing people and i thought well we could do a prayer cabin and and we could have people come in who just want to be with jesus and encounter him and and so uh that's what happened last year is help subcontract and just went through the whole process of designing this cabin and, and learning how to use a nail gun for the first time and <laughs> uh, still have all my fingers. Thank you, Jesus. Yay, thank but, you, uh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 You're hardcore is what we call you, Rebecca. That and a Renaissance <laughs> oh. woman. 
So that those two things, yeah. You know, I tell artists and creatives, do everything that's on your heart to do as long as you can keep your standard of excellence. And so yeah, I yeah. typically don't even know what I'm doing sometimes when I jump into these things. Mm. But like my standard is really high. And if it's the Lord, you know, if he really wants to partner uh -huh. with you, if this is his idea, not just my idea, he yeah. just has ways of making stuff happen. So yeah, well, that's that. For sure. It, you know, it's interesting, too, just as a creative myself and my wife is the same way. Sometimes you can get self-conscious. Uh, I think there can be a tendency to get self-conscious about how much time I take on things because I, I care. I have very high standards as well. I'm the same way. I'm like, if I'm going to do this. I have to, and sometimes I actually have to like, especially when I'm doing stuff for work, I have to cut myself off because I'm like, you know, also would be cool is if this video also had this tiny little thing that nobody's going to notice, but me, but it's packed full of detail and meaning, you know? And um, yeah, but I think sometimes there can be this, even in my own projects, there can be this self-conscious uh, self-consciousness of like, man, I'm taking way too long on this, but I'm like, you know what? Like my level of excellence is very high. And I think, for me, it's been this lifelong journey and exploration of learning how to maintain that level of excellence, but learning how to do it quicker and faster um, because, you know, I've got so many ideas burning, burning through my skull and I, you know, I got, I got to get them out. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're speaking my language. You just touched on two things yeah. that I love to share with creatives and they're yeah. two powerful principles. The first one is the difference between perfection and excellence. Mm. And so if you actually, and some of it has to do with our Western American mindset. So if you want to go there Let's and unpack go. Let's that, do it. it's like powerful. Yeah, so if it. you look up the word perfect in Webster's dictionary, one of the definitions is to be entirely without flaw or defect. That's the word for perfect. Mm -hmm. And obviously none of us can attain that, right? right? Not in yeah. our our lifestyle, not in our art, we can never, and it really capitalizes on the negative, doesn't it? To be without flaw or defect. And so if we have this idea that we have to somehow be perfect in order to create or be artistic or even partner with God, we're just going to shoot ourselves in the foot every uh -huh. day. But if you look at the word perfect in the Hebrew language, there's several different, several different Hebrew words that are translated in our English word to be perfect. Um, one of them is the Hebrew word shalom. Okay. And the word shalom in Hebrew means to be whole and entire and complete. And that's the word that's translated perfect in our English Bible. So, for instance, in Isaiah, it says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. And that word perfect peace, it's actually a double word shalom in Hebrew. So in the Hebrew, it would read, you will keep him in shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on you. Mm. Wholeness and, and this completeness, that's the idea of perfection in the Hebrew language. Yeah. So if you apply that to creativity, it's a whole different goal to shoot for. Mm. Because all of a sudden, even in my creative projects, you know what? What is whole and complete and entire in one season of my life, you know, it's going to look different than five years down the road. Yeah. It's true. You know, or 10 years yeah. down the road, but I can be excited about that shalom place that I'm at right now, because that is everything that it's meant to be. Mm. And the Lord can help us get there. So that idea yeah. of perfection versus excellence, you know, it's just God just wants to download to us even more revelation of how to walk it's these so things out. And, and there's one other thing that you mentioned. I just want to jump on that just super yeah. quick because it's so powerful for creatives. You mentioned wanting to do sometimes that one little thing that nobody else will notice that just gives that little bit of excellence to what you do. And I love that. And it, it reminds me of when I was in Buckingham Palace when I was visiting London and I was in the Queen's gift shop and just the beautiful uh, China dishes uh -huh. and all of the little things they had, they were so attentive to details. It was extravagant. And I thought, you know, that's what royalty does. There it's attention to extravagant details. Hmm. And if you even look in the art world, let's look in the film world. I mean, don't our favorite movies, have all those things yeah all so you keep watching them extras. yeah 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 and all the behind the scenes like they're like oh well nobody would know this but we put this in the scene because it just helps 
the characters, uh-huh. you know, to connect or whatever. And and that's what God wants to do with us and even in our heart. Sometimes he gives us these exquisite little details and extravagance to invest in our creativity. And that's what makes it so special. And Jesus does that in our lives. He's so into mm. giving us beautiful little things and details oh, along man. the way, not just the big moments. Yeah. He really... He just goes so deep. And yeah. so I, I love that you said that because I think that's a real powerful piece of the creative process. Well, and actually, while just listening to you talk, I was getting more. I'm like, you know what? Like, because I was thinking about in movies, a lot of these movies that we love, there's this when when the costume design is really good, right? Like really rich. Um, you know, uh, like Lord of the Rings, for example, on the inside of the garments, they would put different things that were total immersion, like stamped leather on the inside that no one was going to see little fine details that no one was going to see. And I think so often as creatives and just, just people in general, you don't even have to be like, I am a, this type of an artist, but, um, is, um, we, we kind of get locked in this thing of my stuff that I create doesn't have value unless people see it and I get praised for it. And sometimes the best stuff I do is stuff people don't even see. Like there's like, you know, I don't post a ton on social media and there's a lot I do that I just don't post because I'm not thinking, Oh, you know, I should take a picture of this and post it so that people can see I'm it's a lot of times it's stuff that's birthed out of my, my uh, intimacy with the Lord times with the Lord and, and just things I write or little things that I create that, only he sees and my wife obviously is a lot of times, but, um, and I think that it doesn't just because people aren't praising me because of this thing I created doesn't mean that like I'm doing it unto the Lord. I'm not doing it for the reasons of like, okay, I'm going to do this and then people are going to praise me and that's going to turn my value. It doesn't. And I think that's a really important thing for creatives to guard their hearts against is that that need to be praised for the things that they do, because I'm not, I I'm sure you feel the same way, Rebecca, but I'm not doing things. Cause I'm like, I'm going to do this. And the people are going to think I'm amazing. And that's you know, like, that's not, that's, that's not what's going through my brain when I'm doing it. Um, and so I think that's really important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And to your point, it's interesting to, to notice how God created in the very beginning right mm-hmm. he made man from the dust which is one of the huge marks of a really good creative you don't need much to make right. something beautiful yeah right and so and yet how many things in this human body will we never see certainly in our own bodies but even scientists are still figuring out and discovering yeah you know he made something beautiful because he invested in his creative work he could have made something so simplistic that you know, we would just be all we were like little living, yeah, living stick figures or something. Yeah. 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 But he didn't like, he loves the creative process. Mm -hmm. He loves creating beauty. It talks about the beauty of holiness that we should actually worship him in the beauty of holiness. There was a gate in, in um, the temple that was called gate beautiful. And it was actually an access point to the presence of God. So we even see in the book of acts, how I think it was Peter and John discovered this man who was lame, who mm-hmm. was sitting at the gate, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, they healed him, right? Yeah. You know. And I was like, wow. The Lord began to speak to me one time. He said, "There is still a gate, beautiful, that gives people access to my presence." Mm. And there's a lot of wounded people who are drawn to that gate, and they don't know how to quite step inside, but they're still drawn to the beauty. And one of our jobs as creatives is to really help people cross over into the presence wow. of God by creating beautiful things, by partnering with Holy Spirit to create something that's so compelling that it makes them curious. It draws them in. It helps them step into the presence of God, whether or not they know that's where they're going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's what beauty does. It mm. draws us in. It helps us to connect with whatever that. whatever message is being spoken and and to be honest the enemy has done a really good job with using beauty and entertainment to capture people's attention and mm-hmm. then putting something at the end of it that's not um holy that doesn't yeah, glorify jesus totally. so how much more for those of us who 
you know, we want, we love Jesus and we want to go after him and bring other people to find really compelling ways to do that. Mm. Yeah. So going back really quick to the, the, um, the meaning of perfection, the Hebrew meaning of perfection of Shalom, uh, meaning complete. Um, I think another thing that I wanted to touch on really quick is, is with, with artists, with creatives, by the way, people like you could be a woodworker and be creative. You could build houses for a living and be creative. You could make food and, and just, you know, you're into culinary stuff, but you're a stay at home mom and, uh, and no one's going to see it. Uh, and you're still a creative, you know? Uh, but I think there is this whole idea of the difference between perfection and good enough and, and finding comfort in being like, this thing is complete and it's finished and it's good. And there are things that to that, there are things that I've done decade ago that at the time I was like, this, this is my, this is my uh, magnum opus right here. And now I see it and I'm like, I, I, I know what it was like at the time, but now the stuff I create, it, it's different. And I've moved, I think I've just moved on from certain things that I was like, that is this type of thing is, is my, um, is what I'm all about. This is, um, this is the perfect embodiment of expression for me. And then now, now I'm doing things and they're, they're different. And in my, in my view now are better. They're more, you know, I'm more skilled. I've, uh, you know, I've gained a lot of tools to be able to do things better. Um, but it doesn't mean that the value of that thing is lessened. The thing I created back then is lessened just because, I'm more skilled now. You know, it's like if you watch filmmakers, their first movie versus their movie 20 years later, there is a, a more maybe more richness to it. Um, you can tell that there's more skill involved, that kind of thing. But the passion is still there in both projects. So, yeah, yeah, and 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 so much of what people are drawn to in creativity is passion, mm -hmm. um, but it's also anointing, and that's where, as creatives, this can get to be really awesome or really tricky, hmm. I believe. In okay. in my own experience, I I I grew up in a creative family. I was a singer-songwriter, wrote hundreds of songs when I was a teenager, and got to this point where no doors were opening. And I was so passionate about what I felt like I was supposed to do and so frustrated and maybe even a little bit mad at the Lord because I just didn't understand why he was putting all of this inside me and not giving me an outlet to express it and I remember I moved with my family I was in my early 20s I was still at home helping my mom take care of my other siblings because I came from a single parent family and uh I just had this moment where I was so tired of hoping I just decided God I'm just going to lay this all down we moved to this house in a place called Deadwood Texas mm -hmm. there was a hand-painted sign on the outskirts of Deadwood that said population 101 people, 100 happy people and one old grouch. And so as you can imagine for someone who has this idea of doing art and creating things that will touch the world, that is not a good sign. Yeah, literally moving to so, like desert. Yeah. A place called Deadwood. Yeah. I know it's a place you go to die. When yeah. Dies, <laughs> put it on the altar. And I just laid all my dreams at the feet of Jesus. And, and I decided I'm just going to start fasting and praying. And just because if this is not what God wants me to do, I need to know what he wants me to do. And it was in that time that God showed up like I had never experienced him before. And I just, I had a little a potter's wheel. I had been teaching myself pottery. So I set it up in this old shed. There's no insulation, just old broken up cement floor. And I started playing worship music and, and creating pottery. And God began to speak to me about the potter and the clay. And he came to me and I remember his anointing was so strong. It was almost like I could sit there at my computer and it was like I was taking dictation. Like I was just writing wow. all this stuff about the potter and the clay. I never had that happen before. And the Lord came to me and he said, I will give this to you, which was the anointing. Now that I look back now, it was the anointing. He said, but do you really want it? Because everywhere that my presence is, the enemy is going to be there to try to stop it. Hmm. 
And I had just never experienced the anointing of Holy Spirit before. And I had always wanted to. And I was like, yes, God, I want you, you know, and dad would. <laughs> and it was at that point where it was like, he just started to give me revelation. And it was there that it wasn't, I was just creating from my own desire anymore. It was literally partnering with holy spirit it was literally receiving revelation thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give and from that point on like i i started noticing people were interested in having me speak so like the little methodist preacher down the road said the lord says it's time for you to start your ministry gonna start my church bring your potter's wheel, speak to our ladies, you know, and he started getting me bookings around the area. And, and that's, I mean, I, I did potter's wheel for over 15 years in churches and just shared the message and watched God do amazing things. Wow. But there was something that happened when the anointing kicked in that it was above and beyond my own creative strategy or ability. Wow. And, and I realized that that's what I wanted even more than good creativity. It was the anointing. Mm. And so to your point a minute ago, when you're talking about, you know, levels of excellence at different places in our life, I remember one time I prayed for two years that God would send someone to help me record a DVD of my Pottersville presentation uh-huh. and it never happened. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm praying wrong. You know, maybe I need to change the way I'm praying. I'm just going to start praying, God, if you want me to film it, will you send me a camera? And I kid you not, I told my small group, we all prayed. And then the very next day, someone walks into the studio I was working at and they said, hey, yeah, God told me to buy a camera, donate it to the studio. So let's go to the store right now and and buy one. And, And that was my very first film experience. And I look back on that little program that I shot, end up going on a little local cable television network. And I look back on that and absolutely cringe (laughs) because it was like, oh my gosh, it was this little tiny little camera. And and even after that, I uh, got the opportunity to do, do a television show for the little local public access station. And I actually, when God told me to do it, I cried for two weeks because I did not want to do it. I knew how much work it would be. Yeah. And, and it was just going to be a whole new learning curve. But finally I was like, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And even though it wasn't a creative thing, I was feeling like I wanted to do, there was an anointing on it. Mm. And people in the community started getting touched and it brought all these artists together in the community. And there were so many open doors that happened because of that little show. And I actually had someone come to me who is professional in the upper echelons of the entertainment Christian world. And, And I had one person who said, you know what, you really need to stop doing that show, Rebecca. Because it's just too unprofessional. It's going to ruin your brand. And I prayed. And I was like, God, I know this is not the most professional show. I know that there are so many things that could be done better. But I'm giving you the best I have. And I feel like your anointing is on it. And I just felt like the Lord was like, yeah, you just you just need to keep doing it. And if I had that. given up, I would never have had films now today on platforms all over the world and see opportunities to touch nations and all of these different things. So sometimes you got to look for more even than creative excellence. You have to look for the anointing. Yeah. Because if the anointing is on something, it will do more than all of our created uh, creativity. There's, there's more value in the anointing than there is in our creativity. Mm. And if we put that first, then we start stepping into supernatural creativity with the Lord. Wow. Because he knows he can even trust us with more and i have it's so funny because people will watch my films and they'll see the trailers and i'll have so many messages people like this this is not a low budget film you know and i'm just like yeah this is actually a really low budget film but the truth is i'm partnering with holy spirit i keep working my skill set he gives me anointed ways to partner with him and favor and that's the message because there's a message there's an anointing that he wants to release and creativity just comes alongside the anointing and helps release it into the world. Yeah. And so there's there's that piece of it too, how precious the anointing is. 
And, and if we value that enough to partner with Holy Spirit in that place, even if you're going, okay, maybe this is not exactly what I wanted to do, but he's on this. So I'm going to go for it. Man, God just honors that so much. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, honestly, your, your films look great. I haven't actually seen one in full. I've seen the trailers and I'm like, it's funny. Cause it's like, it, unfortunately there's been a lot of, you know, I mean, it, it's not lost on people like Christian things. There's a stigma. Right. And, uh, so much so that like when, you know, when someone recommended, my sister recommended chosen to me when it first came out, she got to check this out. And I was like, we will see. I really doubt this is good. And then, you know, right away I was like, okay, this is really well done. You know, you're crying and all this stuff. Um, you know, but that, that's something I noticed about your stuff too, is there's, there is an excellence, but it's great. It's great that you're talking about this whole idea of creativity versus anointing. And that ultimately that's what we're after because like, that's, that's what God has been speaking to me a lot lately. And, um, you know, in, in December, God was waking me up in the middle, you know, early in the morning and be like, I want you to do a word study on creativity and go. And I was like, you know, not upset that he woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. I was like, let's go, let's do this. Yes. You know? Um, but so this whole idea of anointing versus, you know, being created just for the sake of being create creative versus having the anointing, um, because there are plenty of things. There are definitely long seasons of my life where I really felt like there was this incubation process happening where I was getting ideas and, but nothing was coming of them. Or I would try to, I, I would try in my own ability to get something made or get something done. Um, and nothing would happen. And so I was like, okay, well, my, my imagination is working still. And God, I I've always attributed my active imagination to you. Um, I know that's a gift from you. So I'm going to get a journal and I'm just going to write ideas down as they come. And I, I can tell you for this happened for, uh, I think two years, it was just like this process. I would, I would get an idea and I felt like it was one that was going to go for a while and I could really just like build it out. And I would like get into a space and I'm like running down. And then it was like three lines and that was it. And then, and then nothing, you know, and it was two years of that. Uh, and then all of a sudden one day it was just like, bang, um, I had this really powerful encounter with the Lord. Um, but there have been those processes of just incubation too. And I think as creatives, um, you know, you could be in this time of incubation and maybe you're even just waiting for a promise. Whoever's listening to this, like maybe you're just waiting for a promise to be fulfilled from the Lord. And you feel like you're in this incubation time. It's like continue to press in. Um, you know, don't get frustrated and be like, forget it. Following God's not worth it or forget it. I'm going to try and do this in my, I'm going to birth an Ishmael on my own. You know, uh, that never goes well. Um, so yeah, I, I can really relate. I mean, this message is, is, is really good, Rebecca. Mm, yeah. There's, there's so many things, you know, God is a creator. That's the first thing we know about him. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We also know that one of the first things he invites man into is this beautiful garden he created for him, which is just such a great picture. But then we also know that God created all these animals and said, hey, Adam, I want you to come name these. It wasn't because God couldn't name the animals because he was inviting a human being to partner with him yeah. in something he was already doing. Mm -hmm. And that is such a huge, huge key is for me as a creative, I mean, I know that I could create something and maybe people would like it. Maybe it would make an impact in the world. But in eternity, I mean, there is no comparison to creating mm -hmm. something with the anointing. And then you hear back from people. I was in Scotland and this little tiny remote island um, just happened to be there for one or just like a day with a ministry team. And um ran into this guy. He was part of a ministry school. He said, I'm here because of you. I saw one of your Celtic films, saw you on a podcast, decided to come to this mission school. Wow. And you're just like, whoa, God, you know, like what, you know, people, <laughs> those and the emails that people send you and say, you know what, something that you did radically transformed my life. 
you know, those kind of messages, those kind of things that only comes from the anointing. And when we recognize that, it's like, it ruins you for everything else Mm. because you're just like, oh my gosh, God, you're doing things that I can't see, that I cannot even imagine. And so I think you're right. I think rolling with the Lord in that process, sometimes there are altars involved. Sometimes we lay down our creative desires for years before we sense the fire fall on the altar. I will say personally, one thing I, and I I teach this in in creative classes and online classes, and also um, just uh, teach it to different groups that have become or whatever. But I give people a three-step plan called launch your vision for their creativity. And I'll just give you just a quick brief. You can find out more on my website if you want to delve into it some more. Um, But the first one is uh, ready. It's like ready, aim, fire. And the first one is ready your heart and mind. Because I realized that for many years, even that time during Deadwood, where I thought I was waiting on the Lord, to be really honest, I think he was waiting on me. Mm. And there were some things that I was actually kind of clipping my own wings in the things that I believed that I was maybe waiting on somebody to give me a million dollars one day, or I was (laughs) <laughs> Maybe thinking, uh, oh, you know, well, yeah, I'll, I'll sing. I, I won't sing too strong because I don't want to think anyone to think I'm in the flesh, you know. But in reality, I was giving God less than everything mm, that I had inside wow. of me. Yeah. So it's actually false humility with so much the artists struggle with where we're actually more intimidated. And yet we're calling that humility. And God is saying, no, I need you to step out there with everything you've got and then be teachable because you're going to have a learning curve to step into. So there's all these different things that that we do, even comparison and all these things that control our mindset that keep us from moving forward. And sometimes we think God's favor is not on something. And sometimes it's just ourselves that are holding us back. But then Mm. also one thing I discovered that God honors so much within the creative process is if you do write your vision, like you were saying earlier, just writing down your thoughts and ideas. And then I tell people it's like baking a chocolate cake. So if I'm have this concept for a film, I feel like the Lord's anointing is on it, his presence. There's something that's affirming his heart. If I create this project, release it in the earth. Um, I, I think about what I have and what I need. So it's like if you're baking chocolate cake, you go into your your cupboard, you think, okay, I have flour, I have sugar, but I don't have chocolate, you know, and make a list of the things that you have and then write a list of the things you don't have and begin to pray over them. Mm. And it will see, you will be amazed how God shows up and brings provision. And I, I look at the prophet Nehemiah for this one, um, or because they're the, the writer Nehemiah, he was this amazing guy who had a vision. And he went to the king one day and the king's like, why are you sad? And he's like, well, Jerusalem's all broken down. And the king's like, well, what do you need? And in that moment, Nehemiah had a split second to give a very succinct list. You know, the king was the king. He wasn't going to sit there for 30 minutes and let him tell his vision, right? And And Nehemiah was like, I need this, 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 and this. And the king said, okay. You've got it. And so I challenge creatives and artists to say, and say, are you ready for kings? Are you prepared for someone to come up and ask you, okay, what do you need? And without taking 30 minutes of their time, can you say, I need this, 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 and this? And they may very well say, okay, you've got it. And so I really challenge creatives to That's be good. really proactive as yeah. they're writing their vision. And be real specific and then lay those things before the Lord and pray. Because if he's given it to you, he wants to see it birthed in the earth too. And so the more specific you can be, be strategic. I'll just give you one more thing. Yeah, no, I, you're I good. used to think that, uh, that the Lord was, he wanted to like, he would give me some huge open door, you know, or like a million dollars or Ten million dollars now. You know, it'd be nice. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? But in reality, I realized that he didn't want to just give me one big thing. He wanted to open up doors every step of the way. Yeah, that's so good. That was part of how he's intimate with creatives. So if you itemize those things that you need to see your project happen. Just watch. He wants to celebrate and walk with you every step of the way. So that's 
that's the other thing that can help us as yeah, we're processing. That's really good. And even just in regards to needs, sometimes in those moments, you don't know the difference between a want and a need. And I, I, I've noticed God's grace in that time. Cause you know, you can pray for like, uh, you can pray for like, okay, for instance, even what you, you shared where you're like, God, send someone to, to make a video for me, to teach me, you know, to, to make a, you know, to record my teaching on DVD or whatever. And that was, that was more of a want. Whereas the need was actually you learning the skill yourself, which is ultimately what God brought you to that place of being like, you know what, you like, maybe, you know, like if I'm supposed to, then, then provide the means. And then someone provided a camera. So I think sometimes we can look at this and be like, Oh God, I want, sometimes we don't even know that we think something is a, a need, but it's a want. And, and then you you can see it not get fulfilled over a course of time. And you look back and you go, I didn't need it. As a matter of fact, because I didn't have it, I learned this and this and this and this and this. And it's like, it's um, God is so great at seeing the big picture and having so much grace on us during that time. And ultimately what he's looking for is that motion, that, that yes, and then stepping out and doing the thing in faith. Um, we don't have to be perfect at it. The English definition of perfect. Uh, so that's great. That's great. So, yeah. 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 And, and, and to your point, um, I, I think we sometimes, if I can like challenge us a little bit and our thinkings as creatives, um, if you look back in the old Testament, has anyone ever besides me thought why, did God do the 10 plagues and all of these things to get people out of Egypt? But then when they got to the promised land, he didn't supernaturally just get them in. Like mm. they had to fight. Yeah. And I think sometimes as creatives, we're looking back and saying, well, why can't God do all of these things? He got me out of Egypt. You know, he saved me. He did all the supernatural. Got me out effort. of Deadwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's so true. And we're like, well, if God wants me to have my creative goals, well, he'll just make it happen. But can I tell you that when you get to your promised land, you have to take ownership of it. Wow, yeah. That's and good. that's going to have to mean fighting some battles mm -hmm. and upgrading your skills and being ready to take on some challenges and some challenging places and crossing over just like they did in the Jordan. They were When they were in the wilderness, God brought them manna. He brought them water. He gave mm -hmm. them everything they need. But when they stepped into their promised land, he's like, okay, let's do this. You've seen how good this land is, but you're going to have to own it. Yeah. And I think there's part of that for all of us who are visionaries or really in any faith walk. If we're really going to step into the promised land, he's not going to do everything for us. He wants to start partnering with us, which mm -hmm. is the very definition of being the bride, right? Because you begin to partner with the king. He's not just the father who does everything for you you begin to step up and rule and reign with him. So there's this maturing, even in our creative process and our spiritual journey. Um, and, and there's so much fun with him when he, when he does that. Um, just, just a couple of, of quick stories. I remember there was one trip that he told me to take and he didn't give me all of the details. Okay. And so I, uh, I knew I was supposed to film this, this creative project in Ireland. And the reason, this whole backstory, I won't actually get into all that at the moment, but um, I had contacts in Ireland, Scotland, and England, had never been to Ireland before, and the Lord would not give me all the details. Like every time I tried to reach out and make connections, it was like falling through. And finally, he was like, you just need to go. You just need to get your feet on the ground. So I went to Ireland on a one-way ticket, did not know when I'd be coming back took all my cameras and said, okay, never done anything this before. Like this, this feels really crazy, but let's do this, God. And can I just tell you the first 30 days that I was there, I think I had two days to rest because once the word got out of what was going on in the film, there were all these people, amazing people, authors and speakers and leaders who stepped up and said, we want to be a part of this. Wow. And so I just interviewed and filmed and then went to Alaska and all of these different things 
based on that little yes to go. And, you know, I, I struggled before going because I was like, why do you want me to do this, God? There's so many other people who are so much more skilled. Uh -huh. And I tried to pass on the project to this friend of mine who knew so much about Celtic Christianity and history. And he's like, oh, no, I think you need to do it. And I finally had someone on my prayer team who just said to me, well, Rebecca, because I was like, God, why have you asked me to do it? And I was thinking through my skill set and I was thinking through my creativity gifts and all this. And my my friend on my, my prayer team just said, Rebecca, it's because he knows you'll do it. Mm. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And that just shocked me because again, it goes back to obedience is more important than what we know or how creative we are or how awesome mm. we think our gifts that are. It's, it's about obedience that, that yielded place that allows him to use us. And that's where we see him show up so many times. Mm. is when we just say, yes, Lord, I'll go. And then, man, he just kicks in, you know, like he oh, just man. does yeah. stuff that and he uses our creativity. You know, he does. I remember there was one time I was filming in Scotland and I really needed a scene to film this Celtic monk like up in the highlands. It was just this epic, epic place. And I did not have the right costume. So we went to all these fabric stores. You'd think they would have great wool fabric, but not so much. They like to quilt. Huh. And so all these little, you know, country quilting shops. I'm like, no, nope, that's not going to work. So I was yeah. like, God, if you want me to do this, like, I feel like this is on your heart. God, like, would you supply me some kind of fabric? And so I was staying at this mission house and they had this big old wardrobe in the corner. And I looked inside and there was this gray wool blanket. And I thought, there it is. Yeah. And so I got permission. They're like, yeah, you can use it, you know, do whatever you want with it. And you can use our sewing room. So I, I make all my costumes. And so I was like, you do? Jeez. I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. I've been sewing since I was a kid. So, you know, I don't create the metal armor, but I do just about everything else. So, yeah. um, so I went down and took this wool blanket and I'm telling you, like God just showed up. It was the coolest thing. And that wool blanket is now on the cover of my, my film, uh, several of my, <laughs> definitely in my trailers for sure. And it was just the craziest thing of God showing up again in just crazy way. And, and I could have spent like you know, $400 for a costume somewhere, right. I'm sure, but it wouldn't have been as cool or authentic or as unique. And yet if I bring my skill set to the table and say, okay, God, I just, I just need you to show up. Like, this is what I need. Would you provide this? And then he's like, yeah, it's actually all in a wardrobe in your room and it's been sitting there waiting for you. So, so you just, you never know. And I could just go on and on and on and tell so many stories, but these are the kind of things that happen when we just stay about and say, yes, Lord. Mm. And when we build around his anointing and really want to partner with that. Like he just shows up over and over. Mm. It's so cool. It's yeah. addicting, you know, when you see it is. like that. Well, and something that as I've grown older in the Lord is realizing, you know, I used to not care. I, I used to not think that God cared. Like if God gave me a vision for something specific, the minutia of it, like the, the costume, right. And you saying, well, Lord, like, I really feel like this is on your heart. You provide it. Like that whole story is something that I used to look at and be like, God doesn't care about that. He just cares about the big picture. And that is so, if I care about little details, he cares about little details. I mean, look at how we're made, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, that's something that has really changed within me is, is what you're talking about. I mean, your story is way cooler than anything that's happened to me, but, but um, that's not entirely true, but, um, but I think this whole thing of like, Oh, God doesn't care about, you know, these little things, but um, man, it's so not true. God does. He does care about those little things. So, yeah. And even more than we do. Right. So if we if we tap into that process with him, oh and, and you know, I think I think one reason why God kind of pulled me back into Deadwood is because he had some healing um for me to receive. Cause I had a lot of father wounds in mm. my life. 
Um, my dad, I had, he had almost died in a car accident when I was nine and we were, my whole family was in a car accident. I was thrown from the car and so was he. And I had a lot of glass on my face and broken bones at that, at that time. It was, um, it was on Christmas day when I was nine. And, but he came out with a coma and a head injury and paralysis and, and just a lot of, um, uh, disability mentally and emotionally. Mm. So I, my parents separated shortly after that. So I had a lot of kind of father wounds and I think the Lord just really wanted to come alongside in yeah. some really special ways so that I was actually partnering with him, recognizing, no, he does want to love mm. in those, those intimate ways, you know, like he does want to express his heart in the little things. Like he's not too busy you know, to just really want, and, and I've learned that actually one of the ways that he as my father loves to partner with me, is he loves to create with me. Mm. And so if anything from the enemy tries to shut down or dampen my creativity, I'm like, mm, that's not him. Mm. Cause I know my father loves yeah. when we create together and just coming back to even that simple fact, you know, I love that, that Jesus received his father's blessing before he did any ministry. Hmm. So when you see John the Baptist baptizing mm -hmm. him, Jesus comes up out of the water, the dove comes down, you know, Holy Spirit's right there. The voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The father was saying he was pleased with his son before Jesus ever raised the dead or healed the blind or went to the cross. It was before all of that. If you watch Jesus' ministry, it was out of that well of the Father's love that he washed feet and had this incredible prayer life and touched people's lives. It wasn't because he earned it. And at the end, the Father said, oh, now I'm pleased with you. Mm, yeah. It was from the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And it was from that place that Jesus lived. And I, I just see that as such a pattern in the model for us as, as just believers, but also just um, as creatives, because we as creatives tend to be so sensitive on so many different yeah. levels. And, yeah. you know, and, and to really go back to this place of the father's love. Yeah. That it's like, no, 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 this is, I. he is pleased with me because I'm following his son. Mm. You know, he is pleased with me because he made me and I'm giving myself back to him. You know, it's not because of what I create or what I accomplish or, or what I don't accomplish. You know, that has nothing to do with his perception of what he created. Yeah. And just coming back to live from that place, I think it's just so important and mm. so useful. It's huge. Well, it just hits different too. When you know you're loved, like yeah. the, the motivation that comes from that um, is different than feeling like you have to earn something in order for you to seek approval, but to know that you are already, you already have that approval and you already have that delight. There's a difference. Um, whether it, if you're in a plutonic relationship or romantic relationship, when you know that there's, there's that mutual love and exception, or even if you know that you're loved, like there's, man, it's different. It just, it's so different. And, and how much more so with God? in a relationship with God. So that's huge. Yeah. That's really, yeah. Huge. I think, I think so many people approach God as an unsteady date. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, yeah. is he really into me? Like, I'm not yeah. really sure. Yeah. Like, should I message, call him or wait for him to call me? You know, is he gonna ghost and me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And God is like, Oh my gosh, he's covenant, you know, yeah. like as far as you want to go, like he's got you and he's a step ahead of you, mm -hmm. you know, Always. like he really, really, we know God loves us, but he really wants us too, mm -hmm. you know? Like he desires that intimacy for us to know his voice, even in those little things, mm -hmm. like a really good movie, you know, mm -hmm. that we see something new in every single time, you know, he's, he's like that, but so much more beyond. Yeah. Okay. So Rebecca, how, I know there's people who they're really heeding what you're saying. They're really heeding even what I've said in the past about creativity and venturing out, allowing God to really just uh, maybe redefine that for some people, but how do how does somebody even step out in this whole idea of supernatural creativity? Like how how do you how would you even begin to do that? Yeah, so I would actually start with the Father's love. Hmm. 
because I think you referenced it earlier. You had felt like you were kind of in a stuck season and it was an encounter with God that just boom. And so I think um, for me, that's what does it. Because every time I start, I, I go back to that place first. It's like, wait a minute, he loved me first. You know, so if I can be creative here for a moment, and um, I actually, this last year, I wrote a book about it, and it's a devotional called Abba's Heart, and it's 70 words from the Father spoken right to his child. And so it's this place, I'll just show you, it's um, it's found on my website or on Amazon. We're going to put a link in the description, you guys, so you can go directly to that link and buy that book as well, so... This is, um, and it's also audiobook too, so you can find it where I'm reading it out loud, set to music, so it's really fun for soaking and stuff. But I am telling you, I cried so much writing this book, and I got a few friends to contribute as well. But it was like going back to that place of the wow. Father's heart yeah. and going, what does that mean? Like, what does that even look like? How do How do we encounter him in the place where he moves us with his love so deeply as creatives that we can go, well, I want to create from that place. And so um, I, I just, I just feel if it's okay with you, is it okay if I just read one? Please. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this is one I wrote in my prayer cabin and uh, just one morning with me and Jesus. And it's called partnership. Just imagine the father speaking this to you. He says, you are not a burden. You are a joy. Let me say that again. You are not a burden. You are a joy. Sometimes life is like a hamster on a wheel running through the endless list of requirements to manage all the details. But this is not who you are. I see past the veil of activity into the secret places of your heart. When others have brushed you aside or let you down, I have always been there. There's no secret I don't already know. No failure that will surprise me. No throbbing pain too deep that my love isn't deeper still. But when you wonder if your heart is a burden, look at my hands. They still bear scars from the cross, brutal blows. I suffered then so that we would never have to be apart again. I'm big enough to handle anything that you or life can throw at me. I'll always catch the ball if you hand it over. So come with me, pause with me. And when you feel fatigued and overburdened with heavy labor, I'll give you rest. Yoke yourself to me and I'll take the heavy end of the plow. And as my disciple, you'll discover my gentleness and kindness. Learn a new rhythm of partnership as we move together in unity. Mm. So it's this idea again of just the father coming alongside of us and just releasing his love over us. And I, as a creative, I can't think of any other place that that's that feeling of safety and security and being known by him and just sitting in that place, letting that place make its mark on me. And then from that place going out to create, there's Mm. just, there's power in that, you know? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And that whole place of of intimacy with God, like I've shared this on the show before, but is, um, you know, everything that I was taught in film school was you got to be on the cutting edge of like everything that's popular right now. You got to know what's in. You got to know, watch this, talk about this, research this. And I went through this this period where God started cutting all that. Hey, I want you to stop watching that. Hey, I want you to get rid of these movies. Hey, I want you to stop. And for me, it was like, honestly, I was watching a lot of the stuff that I I didn't like because I thought like because it was popular and it was like this was in and I needed to stay on top of it. And so then God started asking me to remove that stuff from my life uh, and instead spend time with him 
And it really messed with me because I was like, this goes against everything I was taught. Like all of like the people I really admire, like they, you know, they're, they're telling me this, but God's asking me to do this. But ultimately I just walked in obedience and I had a, um, I didn't know why it didn't make any sense. And I'm like, okay, well, I just, I know what God's voice sounds like. I'm just going to start getting rid of this stuff and I'm just going to stop watching this stuff. And, um, the amount of creativity that came as a result of me getting rid of all that stuff was amazing, unrivaled. Yeah. And it was through just intimacy with God. And I think, um, that, I mean, there's really a strong message there and I'm, I stand on this more than anything. I like, I guess as I, as I advance in life, I become more and more and more sure of this, that the only thing that matters, you, what you, you praying for open doors, you, you're looking for open doors, you're looking for opportunity. You're, you know, you're wanting to see breakthrough in this area. It's all found in intimacy with God, all those things, because that's the only thing that matters. And once we get that and we, we focus in on him, especially as creatives, where we think that we need to pull in and look, I'm all for influence. Like we all have a culmination of influences of things that have influenced us over the years and things that we really kind of make up, you know, um, what would really spark our creativity? We all have those things. So I'm not condemning those things. I'm just saying if we make it about those things and not about the author of creativity himself, then, then we're, we're missing it. I think that that, he, his presence is what matters in everything. So yeah, I'm becoming a lot more, more and more and more sure of that. Um, and that doesn't mean, okay, Lord, I'm just going to let you give me, you know, you're going to just give me everything I need and, and, and I'm not going to have to do anything. That's not, I mean, you are going to have to get up. You are going to have to do stuff, right, Rebecca? Like, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and I love that you said that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, there's the priests in the Old Testament. They had all these things they would do when they went into the holy place. And one of the things is that they would eat this bread that had been sitting in the holy place for a week. Mm. And according to tradition, it never got stale and it still smelled fresh seven wow. days later. And they called it the shoe bread, which means the bread of his presence or the bread of his face. And one of their priestly jobs and requirements was to go in and feast on his presence every week. Wow. So they had all these places of encounter. But then we see one of my, I love teaching Ezekiel 44 because it's about the priest of Zadok, the priest that pleased the Lord. They had all these intimate times. God took them through this thing where he was like getting rid of all their idols. Like he talks about it, just like he said. And then he brings them in and he says, I want to choose them to minister to me because mm. they have wow. dealt with their idols. But then he says, to your point, he says, then they're going to go out and teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. Wow. Yeah, because something happens, like you said, when you're in the presence of God, you're dealing with those idols and those strongholds in your life. You're letting God deal with that stuff. You know, it's that dead wood kind of season where you're like everything on the altar. OK, Jesus, it's you and me. Mm -hmm. And in that place, he visits you with his presence. He wrecks you with his presence. And you have something that you can go out and share with the world yeah. and it, it brings this discernment it's that cutting edge it, it divides between the holy and the profane people are like wow this carries some weight to this this is powerful this is next level because it came from like you were saying the place of intimacy yeah and i think god he loves that when he can have that relationship with us that we're not so afraid of just um having to hold on to our stuff so closely but we're really willing to go in there and experience him in intimate ways where it's really just him, you know, and the things that he gives us from that place are amazing. Mm. Yeah. Amen. So good. Yes. Okay. Rebecca, I would love for you to pray for our listeners and then we'll close this out. Yep. Sounds good. And actually to do that, I'd actually like to read another father's blessing. If that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I just want to read this over us. Yeah. Just imagine this is from the father and then I'll just, I'll just pray afterwards. So just imagine the father speaking and saying, child, you have my undivided attention. When you turn your gaze to me, I'm right here, ready to respond. I'm not too busy to give you my time or preoccupied with jobs to do. 
I am completely aware of your need for my attention and I give it freely. It's not a chore or a burden, it's a delight. I'm happy to be with you. Do you know how much I loved walking with Adam in the cool of the day, strolling with him in the garden I handmade for him? How I missed our times and sought him out when he was hiding. And as you pursue conversation with me, you'll discover that I'm all in and looking forward to connect. And this is what I meant by making covenant with you. I'm not going to forget your needs or toss our relationship to the side. I'm the faithful one, the one who leans into the conversation with eyes fixed in rapt attention, ready to listen. So be brave enough to share your heart with me and you'll discover I'm more than up to the challenge. Come meet with me in the garden. So Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that your heart is for us. You are good. You are faithful. You desire that intimacy and that partnership with us, Lord. So Father, I just pray that you give every one of us the vision and the passion to, as, to lay aside our idols, Father, and to step into the secret place with you, to partner with you, to say yes to your challenges sometimes, Lord, and then watch you show up and do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think. Father, put your love and your spark inside of us in a fresh way today. And we give you all the glory and honor. Thank mm -hmm. you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Such a great, such a great episode. I love it. Um, okay, so, you know, you're doing a lot. And so tell people how people can follow you. You've got a new film coming out on St. Patrick's Day, all that good stuff. Just go for it. Unload. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So you'll yeah. just find it all on my website, which is right there on the screen, RebeccaFruitLender.com. Um, there's, there's books, there's films, there's coaching sessions. You can find out how to come to the prayer team and even book a personal ministry time with me and my team. We often have people come and then pray over them with what we call a Trinity prayer, which is a whole nother conversation. Awesome. Um, lots of prophetic ministry and Holy Spirit stuff. We actually try to take some of the patterns and the stuff that we found in the early first century and even Celtic church and apply it here. And we just found the weightiness of God's presence has come sometimes. So I invite you guys just to come check out the site, connect, follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram. And, and I noticed one of your comments was asking about my dad. And so you can find a lot more information about him. God actually restored our relationship. He's the reason why I'm here on this property and in this cabin today. And um, he, went to be with Jesus about three years ago, almost mm. to the day. Um, but I was there with him. God totally restored our relationship and I got to walk him home to be with Jesus. So uh, lots of that story there on the website too. You can definitely learn more. So yeah. 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 Your website has a lot of good stuff on it. So we put some links to a couple of things. Um, obviously, if you guys are curious about her Celtic films, uh, there's a link right there in the stuff we talked about section in the description. You can also book a time at Rebecca's prayer cabin. So you can stay there. And so there's a link. If you click that, there's a form. And if you go down to the bottom, there's a video where she gives just a quick rundown of the amenities within the cabin itself. Super cozy and cute. Um, so you guys got to check that out. And then uh, there's some other stuff there too. So I will be putting a link to the Abba's Heart book or 10 day devotional it is in the description as well so rebecca thank you so much this was awesome what a joy thank yeah. you so yeah. appreciate it yeah always love talking about creativity so super great so everybody that is our show have a blessed weekend our our first official full week back in 2023 it's been absolutely amazing so join us next week on monday when we've got uh, Victoria, she used to be Victoria Rich and she got married. So it's Victoria Souza now. And uh, it's going to be a great episode. She has some really great stories about miracles and something happened with her and her husband. This hor horrific car accident and miracles happened. And so it's great, you guys. It's going to be a great show. So it's going to be at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. Also, there's a donation link at the end of lightfire.com slash donate. Anytime you donate there, it keeps this afloat at five days a week and accessible 
but we're also taking a portion of that and we're doing those amazing efforts over in Uganda, digging freshwater wells, along with Nepal, Ethiopia. We're doing some stuff stateside, looking at inter getting involved with First Nations people. Very exciting times, you guys. So just know that anytime you donate, even if it's $5, a portion of that will always go towards those well efforts and transform people's lives. It's because of you guys. So thank you so much for your generosity. Have a blessed weekend, you guys, and we will see you on Monday with Victoria Sosa. God bless. Bye, guys. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.